Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Bree, and one of my favorite authors is here. I am so excited for her to be joining me today. This is just what my December needed. Rachel Stewart is back. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me. How has 2023 been for you? Hello, Bree. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, 2023, honestly, it's been so busy, absolutely manic. Um, we did manage to squeeze in a really gorgeous holiday in the summer to the Maldives. So we have had some nice downtime in amongst the chaos. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love, I love your, I live through your vacation picture. Ah! <laughs> I do try. It's one of those things, isn't it? Having the balance to live in the moment, but also share your moment with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, how do, how did you guys, like, how do y'all decide on like, well, this is where we're going to go? Because you all seem to do a pretty good job of like prioritizing that family time and doing something throughout the year. So how how are y'all deciding on where you want to go? Honestly, this one was a challenge because we've been, we had this money for... Mm, over 10 years um, and it was going to be for a massive trip to America to Florida um, Universal Studios Epcot Disney World that was the idea so the kids you know big family holiday pull the money into that and then as the kids got older our youngest never ever liked roller coasters right oh <laughs> so the older two are itching to go and we're like come on William come on we can do this and he's like no <laughs> so we realized this was never going to work as a family holiday and um and so this year we thought we need to do it we need to do it. whatever we're going to do we talk to the kids work out what's going to work for everybody and the thing with the Maldives obviously we don't know how long it's going to be here for for a start and um and there's the whole the swimming there's the animals the wildlife they wouldn't see here and it's just so different to Britain so it was like it was completely different it was something for everyone and we just did it and it was absolutely incredible I mean it's a holiday they're gonna remember that was the idea it had to be a holiday they'd always remember and we got it we nailed it <laughs> yeah I mean it would definitely be a holiday for everyone to remember if you went somewhere where one person wasn't into roller coasters honestly we did it in this country we've been to these you know massive theme parks and it's been the worst day of my yeah, life exactly <laughs> And his life, I think. Poor Williams. Like, yeah, guys, I remember the <laughs> vacation because I don't do roller coasters. Yes, exactly. So we thought, no, but honestly, the Maldives, although you wouldn't believe this, though. So we go to the Maldives and we're having the most amazing day. Every day we see sharks, turtles, you know, everything. And it's brilliant. And then my son, my youngest again, who is actually, he's not great on a bike. He's a bit nervous on a bike as well. And you ride on the island. And he realized if you ride a bike, you get everywhere quicker, right? So he's okay. going to ride the bike. So we're riding the bike and he's loving it. He's like, this is fantastic. And we ride out. And you know, so we were in one of these villas on stilts on the sea. So you have like the big deck thing that comes out, the little narrow deck that goes around in a circle and you ride out to your villa and ride back. So <laughs> he's like pedaling like mad to get back to his villa one day. And only sails off the edge of the deck into the sea. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> vacation to remember, vacation to remember. All his clothes, everything, it was fine. <laughs> he survives to tell the tale and he will always tell that tale. <laughs> yeah, he'll be the guy in college like, well, have you ever rode your bike into the ocean? <laughs> Never mind roller coasters, guys. This is what I did. <laughs> In the Maldives, yes. Oh. Absolutely epic. I, lo I love that y'all have that memory, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
I have been dying to ask. I love seeing these photos, but you have your new cozy pink, absolutely fabulous looking writing space that was built. I'm so (laughs) I need all the details. Like, what inspired the idea for it, and how has it been actually writing in it now that it's it's finished? Okay, so boring answer first. The reason it was built was because of singing washing machines. And I wanted to swear then, but I didn't swear. But singing washing machines and table dryers. I'd like to tell you when they're finished. <laughs> and you're trying to get words down. And these machines are going, come get me. And you, I'm terrible for it. If I, something like that, that needs doing, I can't break, I just can't, I can't focus then. I'm like, I've got to go and deal with the washing. I've got to go and do this. Yeah, yeah, same. (laughs) So basically it was getting to the point where I was going out of my mind. I've got three kids, um, constant washing going on. And it was just like, I said to my husband, I said, I can't concentrate. Um, I try, I used to go to cafes, then COVID hit. And it was like, you know, trying to go to a cafe and work, you know, that couldn't happen anymore. And then I never really got into the routine again of going to cafes. I think partly because everything's so expensive now. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can make coffee for one pound at home or I can go out and spend five. <laughs> yeah. It became- no brainer. <laughs> it, was just, it was just crazy. My husband was like, right, we've got the space. We could build this room. It'll be, it'll add value to the house. Let's be boring about it. It'll add value to the house, but also it'll just give you a space to leave everything behind, the cleaning, the washing, whatever, and just go and concentrate. And I sort of, I thought if I'm going to be serious about this writing and actually put in full-time hours, then I do need that space to like get away and just lock myself up and, and get on with it. And it has been, it's amazing that this morning it was minus two out there. <laughs> So I was like, I don't think I'll be doing my podcast in my outdoor office today. <laughs> it has got heating, but heating costs a lot now. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, hmm, minus two might take quite a while to thaw. <laughs> I was like, she has the Virginia Wolf's room of her own. Like she literally has her own little space now. Honestly, honestly, it is absolutely beautiful. And what's quite sweet is when my when my youngest is poorly and he comes home from school he's been in there a few times with me so I've been working and he's cuddled up on the sofa bed in there with the with the big fluffy quilt and he'll just go to sleep because it is so cozy you know it's just absolutely gorgeous I love it I'm very lucky but my husband built it for me he's very sweet (laughs) oh I love it I love it so much so are you writing like do you feel like you are writing more I am. I mean, I'm writing, trying to write full time. And I think it's been challenging since I've been so busy and I've just, I've been struggling to get my head down, but I'm doing four books a year at the moment. And it's just, I think because you thank you for that. We thank you. Thank you. I think because you're you're writing, you're editing, you're promoting, you're revising. And it just is so constant, the cycles that you go through and you're constantly flitting between like four books at a time for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, so it basically just takes over your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the do you feel like the more the longer that you're writing for true love, do you feel like the line is like changing anyway? Is it growing anyway? Like, how does it feel for you the longer that you're part of that team? I think it definitely is evolving. I think what it's interesting is I like I like writing sex. You know, I like writing sex. Be free. I love yeah. sex. <laughs> um, but I think with true love, it's interesting. Sometimes the characters dictate having the sex on the page, and other times they don't. And um, and I, but I think because true love is so flexible now, and that you can, as long as the characters allow for it, you can play with it, and you can have open door or closed door. You can do what you want with it. I love that freedom. 
Um, I think it is evolving. I loved, um, I don't know whether you've read the um, Vet Shelter Surprise that's yes. come out by Elle Douglas. Yeah, and I love the fact now that we're seeing these same-sex relationships because um, in them, I think in, them in, in America, North America, you've got them coming out as special editions, but we have them coming out as true loves in this country. So and it's lovely to see that. It's absolutely, it's epic. Um, so it is growing as a line, which is fabulous. And I, I'm quite happy with it. I love my co-authors. They're, such, they're the sweetest, absolute sweetest. I know. I So I get the subscription for it. And every month, you know, I'm like, it feels kind of boastful because I'm like, look, guys, I got the, the romances from two that come out in two months. You know, just like that little box of pink. <laughs> I see your videos. I'm like, oh my god, it's out! Right, it's out! It's out! <laughs> you're like, you're like my uh, my starter, my Kickstarter. <laughs> I'm trying to get people to under like to to buy into it. You know, like yes. yeah, it's like twenty eight, twenty nine. It's like twenty nine dollars a month or whatever. But you are getting them ahead of time, and it's just you're gonna buy those books anyway. So it's like, why not just have the system in place where. Harlow so, Potter Mills and Boone sends it to you and you don't even have to worry about getting online to order them. Yeah, I love I, it. I used to get them back in the day when it was all mail order and I must have been, I was underage. I would have been like 15, I think, 14, 15. And I used to order them. I used to get all the historical romances, um, the Mills and Boone, the modern line um back then it was I think. And I used to get them delivered. And the day that box arrived was like the best day ever. <laughs> like unboxing day <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> well we're chatting your latest true love release today my unexpected christmas wedding which yeah. is your 20th harlequin release potentially could be considered your 21st because you yes. you know you've always <laughs> slid, you slid some extra in there how does it how does it feel to have reached this amazing milestone absolutely surreal i think no it is totally surreal and i still don't think i believe it like i can see my book on a shelf and i still don't believe it's my book <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre i have to like i feel like i'm somebody else looking in on somebody else's life <laughs> but you did it you did it though i know and it is it is incredible and my husband sometimes is my reality check like he will like pinch me and say you have done that and you should be proud and i'm being asked by people to come into um into, into universities and do talks you know for literature departments doing romance modules and um and it's just it's just epic really it's like oh my god I'm on the other side talking about what I've loved since I was yay big um so yeah it is pretty special so have you done you have done the university talks I'm going in I've been asked in the past to like obviously permit my work being used and what I would I talk about it um so now I'm lining it up and there's um secondary schools in this country so comprehensive schools asking me to come in and talk to the A-level students as well so that's all in the pipeline which is um which is lovely oh um, my gosh yeah, it is. it's pretty cool pretty cool you're the woman for the jobs you're the woman for the job <laughs> <laughs> so you go into this university in the in the future and you're talking about the writing of romance like what's one key note that you think that you want to hit on oh don't do you know it's all I, I just want to say don't overthink it I think when you yeah. overthink things the words on the page feel far more orchestrated than natural and I think there's something about reading reading a paragraph and it's somebody's voice natural voice and it's you, it just engages you more, I think. And when you overthink it and you make it too clever, it kind of loses that, um, that just that natural flow. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, in a world where I think it's 
we mostly overthink. And I think that is like perfect advice. I know that that is what I struggle with is the overthinking and the editing as you're right. Like, this sounds stupid. Take this out. How, what, it, how do we not overthink? How do you not overthink it? It is, it is that self, um, it's the critic in you, isn't it? And it's quiet and in that voice. And that is, it is really hard. And some days are worse than others. And I have to actively say, shut up, <laughs> shut up and, and get on with it. And it was really funny. I saw, um, oh, Terry, Terry, Terry Wilson, is it Terry Wilson? Yeah. She is just amazing. And I was looking, um, she put a post up on Instagram and it was this beautiful typewriter that she's bought. Have you seen it? It's like the light, um, t- like the light blue, yeah. like the very much Terry <laughs> Wilson color. <laughs> Honestly. And it basically, it just stops you from doing the overthinking. So the idea is that you only have this small screen and you can just see what you've just written and that's it. And it forces you to carry on going forward, 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 and don't lose your momentum. Don't question what you've written until you get to the edit stage. So just get the scene down and then you can worry about it later. And this little tool that she's got, I'm like, I need it. Need it in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It basically shuts up the critic because you can't see what you wrote. You can't see it. Yeah. (laughs) Really, really cool. Well, with each new book and evolving as an author, does the writing process feel like it's getting easier for you or more challenging? I mean, now you're writing four books a month, uh, four books a year. So the process of it, how does it feel? Honestly, it's, um, it is, um, it is getting, it's easier in some ways. I think you can sense when it's going wrong or it's not quite right. Um, it's easier in terms of trying to work out the conflicts um, and matching the people, you know, hero with your heroine and working out what's going to, what's going to get the best vibe out of them um but i think harder in the sense that you know that obviously plagiarism is a thing but plagiarism plagiarism only comes to your own work mm-hmm. <laughs> because you've obviously you write quite close together and so you'll sometimes be writing something and you'll go oh did i do this in the last book <laughs> because it's your voice and it's the way you write things and it becomes i think what becomes harder is doing something a bit different uh, and changing it up every time i think that is a challenge um, and even within a book, when you're writing, you go away and, and you come back to it and, and you write another scene and you're like, oh, but maybe maybe I wrote that same expression in the previous scene. And sometimes things like that really nag at you and slow you down a little bit. So knowing that you're doing four a year mm-hmm. and here we are in December, are you already like planning for next year or the year ahead like what does Rachel going into the new year and writing four books look like at the beginning stages of it happening does that make sense yeah it does I think because our 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 contracts kind of dictate what's coming for the next however many years you kind of know roughly what you're doing ahead in some cases especially if you're writing a trilogy you know you'll know that you've got these three books and this is what they are so for me I am I'm in a trilogy at the moment so that'll take me up until I think it's like the summer this year um next year I should say next year and then obviously I'll start again and I start thinking about things again um so I kind of know where I am now up until the summer and then it'll be all change <laughs> yes well, for anyone who has yet to read the two books that we have so far in the How to Win a Monroe series, please share with us your pitch for the series as a whole. And like, how did it come to you? It's fun. I don't, I'm, do you know what? I'm awful with pitches. I'm terrible. I go to my editor with a ramble and then she helps me like <laughs> narrow it down to what it really is. <laughs> we love editors here. We love editors. Okay, honestly, they're incredible. So I am going to steal from the blurb fairies at Harlequin who wrote the blurb for the, um, the duet. So I think what they did was really lovely and sums it up really nicely is that okay am i allowed to cheat that's perfect (laughs) so how to win a monroe 
Meet Aidan and Avery Munro, heirs to the Monroe fortune, who seemingly have the world at their feet. Following the death of their beloved father, Aidan has stepped up to fill his impossibly large shoes, taking the family business stratospheric, while younger sister Avery has been catapulted into the spotlight, the darling and sometimes the devil of the world's media. But behind closed doors, they're like two lost souls, drowning in grief and desperate to recapture the loving family of their youth. Loss has made them super guarded, and it will take a very special person to win the trust and the heart of a Monroe. <laughs> Ta-da! Yes. Okay. How did these two siblings, how did, how did it come to you? I think because I think Chris, well, I should say older brothers, right? I've always wanted an older brother. I haven't got an older brother. I'm the eldest, so I'm the elder sister. Um, I'm same, same. Eldest daughters. <laughs> we all breed. I wanted, I, I did want the younger sister and the older brother. I wanted that older brother who is the hero, who is the protective, overprotective guy, the responsible one. Um, and then the younger one who has like, she does have that wild streak and is, you know, desperately trying not to be tamed, but needs to be tamed. <laughs> so really throwing them up against each other and having that lovely sibling dynamic going on and the banter and things that you get from that. Um, and I think also because having gone through grief and the loss of a parent for myself, it was really interesting to put that in the pages and how, because I think everyone deals with grief differently and siblings, especially, I think, because of the dynamics So the older one, does take on the responsible role, has to be more of the stoic one and looking after everybody else beneath them sort of thing. And then the younger one who's just lost in that process, really. Um, and it was really interesting having those two different, you know, versions of going through grief and them getting their happy ever after and things was just, it was just joyous. I absolutely, I loved it. I loved it for so many personal reasons as well. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Well, My Unexpected Christmas Wedding is the newest book, and it's a romance between best friends, Aiden, and I have been saying Elena. Is it Elena or is it Alina? Oh, I say Elena, but that might have been, that might be uh, Vampire Diaries, Vampire Diaries, Elena. (laughs) I think (laughs) I adored that series. (laughs) Share with us something from behind the scenes of writing the romance between these two. Okay, so torturing my husband with a Christmas music <laughs> in April. <laughs> no lie, we had Christmas music. I might have been part of a Christmas movie. <laughs> and this was April. So, you know, bless him. <laughs> so like I tell you every time we talk, your husband is a true romance hero. <laughs> Honestly, the stuff he has to put up with is incredible. But it, it was really quite joyous. <laughs> I hate to, like sometimes like January in January do not give me a Christmas book in January I'm done I'm ready to move on but by April I was kind of like oh yeah I can do this now <laughs> well their romance is two of my favorite tropes so like best friends to lovers and oh, fake yeah. relationships so how did their romance come to you and which was it a, was it one of these trope ideas that came first or what do you know what I love about fake dating? And I think and it's that moment that I think nearly every fake dating book will have. It's the moment where they have to kiss. And I, you know, just, just to prove to everybody they're really together. And that moment where they kiss and they realize this isn't just, you know, this is not fake. And I just, I love that moment. And I just wanted to get it in a book. <laughs> I was like, I want to write this. And I loved writing it in um, in my expected Christmas wedding. And so that sort of started it. 
So I started with that, and then it was um, it was definitely the whole forced proximity you get from being in a family at Christmas time thrown together. And so you've got these best friends. Because I think it's really hard to pull off best friends to lovers. If you know each other all that time, why haven't you know why haven't you got together? And especially in this case, because Elena has loved him forever. She's known she's in love with him. She's completely aware of this fact. And I think so. She's gone through this process of like, I need to try and distance myself because I am not moving on. I'm trying to have relationships. They're not working, and it's all because I'm in love with my best friend. Yeah, so she's my person. He's my person. Exactly. Exactly. So she's trying to be sensible about it and saying, right, come on, enough's enough. You need to break away a bit, create a bit of distance, and go about you know go about your life and try and meet somebody. So this false proximity thing, when he comes and begs her, will you be my will you be my wife, my fake my fake fiance, um, for Christmas. It forces her to live with him, <laughs> knowing that she's in love with him. But for him, it's actually having that person, your person, you don't know if she's your person yet, under your nose for that period of time, at Christmas when everything's heightened anyway, emotionally. And for him, especially after the loss of his father, I think it was the perfect opportunity for him to realise that actually, yeah, she she is my person. <laughs> and see, I thought, I was like, the friends to lovers aspect, just I, I just knew that it came, came to you first because I was like, you captured so well that that fear of like, okay, this is the most important, rela- one of the most important relationships yes. of my life. And if we screw this up, it will screw that up. I so, but it makes total sense that it was the fake relationship that came first because then it's like, well, what can we use to like make this even <laughs> more conflicted? Let's make them best friends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and I, I love the whole thing of mums that have been best friends forever like all their lives they've been best friends since the kids were born and to have them orchestrating as well are you they're like they, they, they need to know that they're meant to be together so we're just going to make them get married it'll be fine <laughs> they have an inkling of what's going on <laughs> well I love that you made Elena an opera singer so where did that come from so many things I think firstly there was the dynamic of um it's got to be a confident profession so having this woman who again be in love with this person forever has never actually had the confidence to tell him that she loves him and yet she's got the confidence to get up on stage in front of all these millions and billions of people and sing her heart out you know so I thought it was really interesting to take a character that you know expresses herself every day in her life but can't actually tell the one person that means the most to her that, that he does um, so there was that dynamic, but then there was also, I had a scene in my head of the hero watching her perform and being so lost in that moment of watching her perform and her beauty and her voice and her as a person. I just had that scene. So where we see her in, um, in Milan singing right at the beginning and everything's about to turn on its head for him. Um, I thought it was really, really nice, you know, a nice thing to put in. And then it was like, well, if he's, if he's watching her perform on stage, what could she be doing? And I love ballet, you know, ballet dancing. I thought, oh, she should be a ballet dancer. And then I thought, no, Christmas, Christmas music, Christmas songs. She's going to drive him crazy singing Christmas music. She's got to be a singer. <laughs> it was all involved. And that was it, opera singer. And, uh, and the rest came naturally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, creatively, what did you enjoy about setting their romance during Christmas? Because, like this book was very Christmassy and like all the other readers that like have read it are like, this book is just full on Christmas. And it's it's like, yeah, it's one of those perfect Christmas reads. So like creative wise for you writing it during April, (laughs) what did it do for you? 
parsley, the festive magic, sprinkling all the Christmas on it. I'm obsessed with gongs. I have gongs up all year round, right? <laughs> so I had to have some gongs. <laughs> um, I think I've always wanted to go to, um, to Banff. Canadian Rockies, absolutely stunning. So I knew I wanted a gloriously snowy white Christmas. I wanted somewhere guaranteed to give me that. So there I was researching Banff for Christmas in April. And I was like, so, so darling to my husband. So, uh, so what about Banff next year? <laughs> so I'm just, I'm getting it in there now, you know, sowing the seeds. <laughs> Not holding it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, it was getting the opportunity to go Christmas crazy with this one. I absolutely loved it. And I think, you know, family, falling in love, Christmas setting, just everything. It was just lovely. All the pieces in the puzzle. Just loved it. <laughs> I mean, you've done Christmas. You've done the Halloween fairy tale party. I mean, we just need to keep the like little holiday moments going. <laughs> exactly. This is it. Definitely. All the holidays. I feel like we need a sexy New Year's kiss. Oh, do you know there is one coming? It's funny you okay. say that. Next, that'll be, I think that's due for release. Obviously, I haven't written it yet. That's due for release next next December, I think. So next year. And that'll be a New Year's on Bondi Beach. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're kindred spirits. Because I think all the time I'm like, I need Rachel to write us a hot <laughs> New Year's moment. <laughs> I'm going for that. But there is going to be, it is an enemy to lovers vibe with furry friends. They are dog sitting. So it is quite... <laughs> mental as well <laughs> well this may be it but are you working on anything now that you're able to tell us about is it that I, one or no so my, what is that's the i think that's the third book in the trilogy i'm writing so that'll be the third and then the second one is that's or well, that's like a penthouse neighbors um very very um risque meet cute um that's the second book the first book i've just finished and that's called unexpected family for the rebel tycoon and that is um that's just gone into my editor now for um for its first pass so see what she thinks of it um so he's an ex-football star and um and the heroine is um she's a cfo for a company very well to do um but she's ended up with a guardianship of her um seven-year-old nephew well he's seven now he was five when he came to her because his sister tragically died in an accident um and she's had to take on this little boy and she's she was never one about having kids and things to begin with i think she wanted them eventually but not suddenly thrust upon her at five years of age. And she's trying to keep her job, do everything right, have the right nannies, look after him. Um, and it's all going wrong because basically this boy is, is um, what's the word? He's pushing boundaries, shall we say. Because <laughs> she, she isn't around an awful lot. And so she gets his nannies to look after him. And he's like, but I don't want nannies to look after me. And um, and she keeps, keeps him quite cage. She's very protective. And so, yeah, so he's driving the nannies out, basically. <laughs> and she's desperate. So... When the neighbour comes home and he's an ex-football star who's also lost his way because he can't play football anymore because he's too old, bless him, at 32. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. The so, world of sports. <laughs> he's like, what do I do? And lo and behold, there is a very funny meet you. And you'll see on the opening page of the book, um, something happens that means that he has to go around to his neighbour and meet her and, um, and her nephew um, with said item that's come over his fence as you all read in the book. And, um, and he finds himself really drawn to this boy, who was very much like he was as a child, and ends up being her mammy. Oh, my <laughs> yes. For the summer, just for the summer, you know, he's just going to stand in for the summer, a temporary arrangement while he's got nothing to do, really. I love it. Just I know. going to stand in for the summer. Okay. 
<laughs> and it's so funny. My my editor was like, but you've got to make sure he's still very alpha. He can be a manny, he can be a bro pair, that's fine, but it needs to be alpha. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine, believe me. <laughs> I just love Manny. Honestly, honestly, it was so much fun. It was it was an absolute giggle. And that was the opening scene. When you when you get it, you'll have to tell me what you think. But it was the opening scene that came to me first with that story. And um, so that, that trilogy, if you haven't guessed, it's about neighbours. So it's like falling in love with your neighbour. That's the three books oh, that all centered around gosh. that. Um, and then of course the next book coming out though after this one, after the wedding one and the Christmas wedding, is um is the Australian Outback series that I've been working on. So I'm sure you will have seen that um, Candy, so we've got Candy Shepherd, Michelle Douglas and Ali Blake and me um, have written this um, four book series called Wed in the Outback or One Year to Wed, depending on where you live in the, in the world. And, um, and it's about four sisters who are forced into marriage within the year if they want to inherit the family estate. And oh, my God, what an absolute blast that has been. <laughs> What do you enjoy, like the writing? That's a continuity, right? The continuity. It is, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an author-led continuity. Yes, I think Michelle Douglas had the idea originally, pinned down Ali Blake at a conference, said, "Ali, what do you think about doing this?" They wrote <laughs> it Candy Shepherd, and then lo and behold, an email came out to me, Rachel. What do you think of this? <laughs> what do you enjoy about writing in the continuity like that? Oh, honestly, it it is the whole, um, it is that, because it's very solitary writing books, and when you get to do a continuity, you have that interaction with other authors, and you, you brainstorm ideas, you bounce them around, and you all get to know each other's characters quite well. So it's really good because, you, you know, if you get a bit stuck, you can just reach out and say, oh, what do you think of this or this? How can I work this? And they have a very informed, like, um, basis to give you a you know an idea on so they're not just on the outside looking in they actually know your story quite well and can really help um, so there's that side of it and um, and it was really funny because I was the only English author so I'd wake up on a morning and they'd been talking all through the night because that's day from <laughs> Australia I'd wake up to this inbox of like <laughs> 50 zillion emails <laughs> like, oh my god and then I'd like reply to them all so then they'd get up the next morning they'd have all these emails from me <laughs> It was absolute chaos, but it was the best kind of chaos. And and it was so much fun. But the thing was, we all got so carried away. Our books were coming in at like 70, 80,000 words, some of them. And um, and of course, they're meant to be 50,000. <laughs> a lot of cutting out, yes. And it's because we fell in love with the sisters, you know, we fell in love with each other's heroine and we wanted to give them page time. And of course, you know, with, with these series romances, you have to be very, very like very, very focused on the hero and the heroine. So, you know, there were so many cut scenes. We were like, oh, we could release that as a special and you know, <laughs> on the side. But yeah, no, it was fabulous. And I cannot wait to share that with everyone. In a- I think it comes out April time. I think April and then May. They come out, um, two come out on each month. So April is mine and Ali's. And then in May, it'll be Candy's and Michelle's. I cannot wait. Just the <laughs> the group alone. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a great time. <laughs> honestly we are so gonna come and talk your ear off about it please do yes (laughs) well can you share with everyone where we can keep up with you online absolutely so insta's my baby i love insta i think i I, i'm I'm a visual person so yeah instagram anytime i'm there um twitter i'm i'm where's not even twitter now is it it's x (laughs) i get so confused (laughs) i go on there sometimes occasionally i'm just learning about is it threads the other one (laughs) yeah i need to get on there more i feel safe it's like instagram's version of twitter i i I actually am pretty impressed with threads Good. Well, I'm going to check that out. So I'll be Rachel Stewart three 
on Instagram and threads, I believe. And then I'm at RageB52, as in the bomber, on um, on X, because that was a very old Twitter account. And you never change them, do you, once you create it? <laughs> and then Facebook, Rachel Stewart Author. Um, but yeah, I've got my website as well, rachelstewartauthor.com. So that's another way to get hold of me on the contact form as well. Well, thank you for coming on again. I just love getting to catch up with you so much. It's such an honor. Like you, I, I love every book that you put out and <laughs> chatting with you always makes my day. So thank you for sharing your time with me. I can't wait for this next series. You just have so much fun things coming out and I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> thank you, Brie. And you're Queen Brie, you know, you are, you the things that you do for the romance world are absolutely epic. So thank you to you too.